0: Welcome to the Her Sweet Spot Experience, dishing out tips and tricks on mindset, money, marketing, and media for your life and business, and where we talk to women about how they found their sweet spot.
1: Welcome to the Her Sweet Spot Experience. I'm your host, Marcia Guerriere. And on today's episode, we'll be talking with Trista Polo. She is a coach, speaker, host, and brand new author. So I can't wait to get into the deets with her. Well, you guys know how I like to start off each and every show is by giving you a tip and trick that I've learned along the way in this entrepreneurial game. And today's tip is all about media in honor of our host, Trista. So I like to say when you're connecting with media, it's important that you connect with local PR firms. With a smaller budget as startups and solopreneurs, you should avoid retainer budgets that larger corporate PR firms charge. Look for a local freelancer or a startup PR firm who's working just as hard to make it in their business as you are in your business. You can identify these folks via LinkedIn or on a freelancing site such as upworks well guys that's the 411 for today that's my birthday by the way guys i accept all kind of gifts all right we're gonna take a quick break and be right back with today's guest trista polo she is a coach speaker host and a brand new author let's get into it shortly be right back
0: sweet spot is an online community for women influencers, leaders, and small business owners that offer coaching, education, resources, and networking opportunities for those looking to start or grow a business. We are the go-to incubator for success-driven solo CEOs who need their own team of C-suite coaches. Here's where she will find her sweet spot in mindset, money, marketing, and media. To learn more, visit www.hersweetspot.com. That's her, S-U-I-T-E, spot.com. Hey,
1: everyone. Welcome back to the Her Sweet Spot Experience, bringing you amazing guests and content in mindset, money, marketing, and media. Get your pens and paper out because you never know when my guests We'll drop some real live nuggets on these here broadcast airwaves. So let me start by telling you a little bit about today's guest. Trista Polo has over 13 years of experience working with and coaching entrepreneurs and business owners. She is a speaker, trainer, and host of her own podcast, videos, and live events around the U.S. Trista's mission is to help people win whatever winning looks like to them. Through transforming transforming conversations with self and others, she helps people access their true power. You can find more about Trista at her website, www.iwokeupawesome.com. Welcome Trista, welcome to the show. I am so excited to be here. I am so excited to have <laughs> you here. And it's really great to talk to you. It's really great to meet you. Um, I've been doing my research and learning more about you before today's broadcast. And any, anything I saw, you were just bubbly with personality. And I can't <laughs> wait for that to shine through uh, these airwaves today for our listeners. Um, so Trista, I know that was just like a brief, brief overview of your bio. I know there's so much more to you. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you are a brand new author. Congratulations. Thank you. You are so welcome. I want to learn more about that, but first share with us more about yourself, your beginnings and what led you to the work that you're doing now with entrepreneurs
2: well i started out like anybody does i went to school i graduated i got my degree in communications which i have used every single day i (laughs) never stopped talking and listening and responding (laughs) Use that major every day and i worked in the corporate world for quite some time the problem was that until eh, pretty recently, I had kind of a low self-worth and I had a really hard time dealing with confrontation and standing up for myself. And that's kind of a consistent monologue throughout my life. And so with that combined with the corporate world, I often found that I had to choose my paycheck over my, my integrity. Wow. And can you, it, mind, can you mind sharing what industry you were in? I was in a couple different industries. I was in human resources uh, for quite some time for an advertising agency. And I worked also in the mortgage industry as well for a while. And I, I've done, you know, a couple different things, but those were the two main places I spent my corporate side of my, my path. And, you know, the bottom line is a company's got to run profitably and it's got to do what it's got to do. And, I think employees can be put into positions where they have to earn that paycheck. And sometimes they are in line with the company culture and sometimes they're not. And I just always seem to find myself at some point or another, not. So I decided to go out on my own. Um, I wanted to also own my own schedule. I worked with, when I was in the mortgage industry, I worked with people like real estate agents and real estate appraisers. They worked from home They just cut to be out and about all day long. And I decided to move into real estate appraisal so that I could have freedom. Flexibility, right? That's right. And flexibility. And I'm like, I'm never going to file again. I'm never going to have to do paperwork again. I'm just going to be my own boss and own my own company. And then I realized that I actually owned a job. And I was the only one that worked there. So I was filing and doing the paperwork and the marketing and the advertising and the customer service and the actual grunt work and, you know, just everything that you could imagine I did because I was the only person that worked for me. Don't you love Don't you love that about
1: entrepreneurs and, and being in the field for so long? So I love when I get these new entrepreneurs and they're like, I'm leaving my job in corporate America. And then they get into it and they're like, well... Oh boy! I it's have more work job than I now. thought. <laughs> a new just, job now, and it's itself.
2: Yes. And That's I hate right. my boss still. <laughs> and I still hate my boss. I used to say my boss is so good to me. She gives me a car. She lets me work from home. <laughs> but I worked my butt off for her. Let me tell you why. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, um, you know, as a real estate appraiser, just to kind of finish up that thought, I realized I did own a job and that I didn't really have any leverage, but I was too scared to bring on other appraisers because in the real estate appraisal world, the person who owns the firm is 100% accountable for every mistake made by everybody on their staff. Right. That just scared me beyond belief. Um, So I started an online entrepreneur business that lucky for me by accident had a team culture to it. And so even though I was in business for myself, I wasn't in business by myself. And I really started to learn how powerful it was to work in teams. And I hung up my appraisal hat and I've never looked back. And that's allowed me to be a coach, a mentor. It's allowed me to take on Um, marketing and social media support. I now work with business owners, CEOs, entrepreneurs, network marketing professionals, and I get to help them win whatever winning looks like to them. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, everybody who's an entrepreneur, they have different goals and reasons why they took it on. But I think oftentimes we get distracted by all that other stuff that's required because you do work for yourself.
1: Right. And that's a key point that oftentimes entrepreneurs don't understand where the lack of motivation comes from in their business and they're ready to give up being in business and I'm air quoting right now because <laughs> they're doing the work they're doing the um, heavy lifting the thought the thing that drove them and you know whatever mostly, out of passion whatever they were doing Mm -hmm. and then they got to the part where oh I have to actually sell it I have Mm -hmm. to do that so at work there was a guy in a corner named Bob he did that and (laughs) now I have to be Bob and I'm now Jane in the accounting department too oh so I have to do that too
2: (laughs) right and you're the receptionist right You're the copy boy. You're the (laughs) mailroom. You're the accounting department. Oh my goodness.
1: (laughs) What are some of the um, challenges that you find your customers are facing today? So we're recording this in, in, in the thick of, um, COVID-19 in May of 2020. So what are some of the challenges some of your clients are facing today?
2: I would say that the overarching answer to that is we got to figure this out. We have no precedent. We don't have anybody to look to for advice Mm -hmm. and we just have to make the best possible decisions we can financially for our customers and for our staff.
1: Mm -hmm. They're all
2: having those same conversations, whether they are having to close or they're having to stay open because they're essential. Uh, I have one client who's a restaurant their entire catering business is, is gone until this whole thing is over, but they're helping support people with takeout orders and curb delivery. They're also doing a lot of service to the local hospitals. So dealing with all the things that go along with that. I have another client who's a butcher. She would love to stay open. But the resources that she was getting in terms of meats delivered and that kind of thing, because of all of this, you know, she had to pivot and just made a decision to close. She's now finally about to start to be reopened. But but then on the other hand, I have another client who's a, a septic company. They're busier than ever. They're dealing with everybody sitting at home using the facilities, right? <laughs> Having all these people in their house that don't typically live there, but there's now they're no, quarantined. No
1: toilet paper in the store, <laughs> so they're
2: using it. <laughs> oh, you know how many cut times they get? The question: Can I use tissue paper? Can I use this? Can I use that? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I think no matter what kind of business it is, though, the overarching challenge is this is unprecedented. And there's really no way to know what to do. So we're just going to have to do our best. And hopefully everything we've learned so far about being in business will help us figure this out for the good of our future and our customers. Right. What are some steps uh, you help some of
1: your customers that you just mentioned? And, And you can tell our listeners uh, that they can take when in the midst of a crisis and, you know, this won't be our last one. We'll, we'll rebound. Hopefully you stay, people are staying, uh, uh the course and we'll, um, get back to business, but just, I, I I'm in tech, so I'm all mm-hmm. about disaster recovery. Yeah. And I'm all about having a, a a strategy for disasters. Right especially from the tech world. So what would you um, advice would you give to someone to prepare
2: themselves for the next time should this happen again? Well, I think being willing to learn new things is a huge one. Bingo. Everybody is dealing with new technologies, new ways to interact. My company, for example, where I have my online business, we were just hearing from our COO who does the daily operations and running of things talking about how they're managing the distribution center mm-hmm. of our company and that they've put people in zones and they have a team sitting at home waiting just in case another team contracts, you know, the virus and has mm-hmm. to be taken out of this facility. Right. Things that they're, I mean, it just, you're talking about disaster recovery, the amount of planning that went into being able to prepare for this, that they did, it took time, effort, and a lot of money for them to do that. And I think that most companies don't have the resources because we're busy working in our businesses. We're busy being the accountant or plumber or electrician or restaurateur. And we don't have time to be working on our business, which is one of the things I coach people on. Don't forget about how your business works, both with legacy and also, you know, handing it on to the next generation, whether that's your kids or you're selling it. You know, we have to look at the big picture of our business and be willing to keep our head out of the sand, face things head on, including being able to pivot quickly. And the companies that I'm seeing that are doing the best job are the ones that are staying informed and being willing to be in communication. I think transparency is also a really big piece. Mm -hmm. Just being willing to be in really good communication. Uh, I'm in New York. So of course we're a hotbed. I'm I'm in the Hudson Valley. So I'm not in New York city, but we still have a lot of cases. We are not allowed out without masks. Everything but essentials are closed. And we hear every single day, every weekday from our governor he talks for 30 minutes and you know, before this whole thing started, he didn't have a lot of fans. In fact, he had a lot of people. That I'm weren't in all New that York too. I, I was always. So then, you fan. know, yes, but I do know. He was you there. do know. Yes. Yeah. But I will tell you, he has such a huge fan base now. Why? Across the country too. Across the country. I, 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 I log in and, and I see the people. Hi from Texas. I yep. love you. <laughs> That's right. And why is that? It's because he's honest and direct It's because if he doesn't know, he looks to the expert on the panel with him to answer the question. And it's because he's in communication and he's just being really frank and to the point about stuff. He's not using it as a platform. He doesn't have an agenda except to keep us moving forward and deal with whatever there is next and making sure everybody who's an expert in the fields that we need are involved it doesn't appear to me like an ego trip or an opportunity to play politics. It appears like somebody who's leading a group of people that are looking to him for leadership. Right. And I think we could all take some leadership training from that model. Um, Cause I think he's, you know, really making people feel so much more comfortable about what's going on, even in the midst of being anxious and scared and nervous and frustrated <laughs> and over right. it. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah you're so right it's been refreshing to to hear from him uh, someone with uh, solid facts and information and, uh, and and to see the banter with him and his little brother every now and then if you yeah. watch CNN or get that feed through your feed is has been great uh, Trista I need to take a little break right now but We are going to be back and I'm going to get more into the work that you do with your entrepreneurs. And I actually really, truly want to learn about this book that you keep forgetting to mention that you're an author about. So hang tight and we'll be right back after these
2: messages.
0: Her Sweet Spot is an online community for women influencers, leaders, and small business owners that offer coaching, education, resources, and networking opportunities for those looking to start or grow a business. We are the go to incubator for success driven solo CEOs who need their own team of C suite coaches. Here's where she will find her sweet spot in mindset, money, marketing, and media. To learn more, visit www.hersweetspot.com. That's her, S-U-I-T-E, spot.com.
1: Welcome back to the Her Sweet Spot Experience. We're here with our guest, Trista. Now, Trista, before we left, we were just talking about the great state of New York that you and I both live in.
2: Were did you always live in Hudson Valley? I met my husband in college and we've lived here ever since. He's a sailor, so he loves awesome. to be near the river.
1: Awesome. So you went away to college and never came
2: back like <laughs> kids do. exactly. Yeah. Awesome. And we're about to be 24 years married. So that was a little while that we've lived here. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Next we'll we'll invite you back on the relationship show. How, how can you do that? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yes. So Trista, tell me about your latest ebook that you have written and
2: now have released. So it's called More Leads Than You Can Call, Overfilling Your Funnel to Never Run Out of Opportunities Again. And it's really based on my many years of experience of the adage that your network is your net worth. hmm I have done a lot to curate my network over the years and it really has made such a huge difference for me in being able to attract new clients and have really loyal clients that last and last throughout the years. Right. I think that a lot of times, again, back to that working in your business versus on your business, people are so busy on the day to day. We forget that it's the relationships in the community that make or break a business And I have a four-step system. I call it the Diamond Lead System that teaches you how to, in a pretty simple, straightforward, step-by-step approach, how to level up your network and level up your own influence inside of that network so that you are the one people think of when they need help with whatever it is you're an expert in. I like that you said
1: that, that, that you are the person people think of when they need Mm -hmm. help and or your product or your service right because people think that the transacting from customer to customer is instantaneous right they they believe that if i pitch i should get the yes and they don't understand that pitching takes time and or nurturing a customer relationship takes time right Mm hmm it's always something that I'm fascinated to hear people think, well, I gave up after I asked once and then I never went back and spoke again. And so you asked, but how much did you, did you, um, provide information? How, how, how much did you just simply interact and nurture the relationship before even asking?
2: I love what you're saying because, you know, as you said, every entrepreneur also needs to be a salesperson. Right. and, whether we like it or not, right? (laughs) I like to think of it as solving problems as opposed to selling stuff. But we definitely need to be in the sales mindset. Where can we identify new opportunities? And the follow-up piece, I think, is exactly what you're talking about. And it's what a lot of people skip because we hate the sales process. We hate trying to go out there and get new clients. There's some statistics that I love, which are that... um, I'm not going to remember the exact numbers, but it's like 80% of salespeople only ever follow up a maximum of like twice,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, maybe you go to somebody once, maybe you follow up a second time and then you're lucky if you go a third time. Right. But 90% of sales occur between the fifth and 12th touch. Yes. Yes. So that means that 90% of the sales are being made by like 10% of the people because most people never actually go back like in that far to, in the in nurturing. Yeah. Between five and 12 times. So what you're saying is exactly perfect. And I talk a lot about that in sales trainings that I do, that you've got to be in it for the long haul.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's, it's a process. It's a process, not an event.
1: And I, th- I, I like to say that sales is not selling; it's informing.
2: Mm-hmm. It,
1: how, how often must you inform the person of the benefits and how the product or service is going to impact them and relate and fix their their problem? Because you're 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 informing about the solution you have to people's problems.
2: Absolutely, and it's a problem solving skill as opposed to a selling skill, for sure. Yeah, for sure thinking
1: back to um, this time, this unprecedented time that we're living in right now and the hearing all the staggering numbers of how many people that have lost jobs or even been furloughed and still on pins and needles because they don't know if they're actually going to get back. Right. Yeah. To work, do you have any, any advice for those people listening that may you know, still be in that gray area and transitioning
2: from a corporate robot to a, a full-time entrepreneur? Boy, you know, so many people are looking at that right now, right? Because yeah. what is it? 30 million people are filing for unemployment yeah. right now. And unprecedented numbers. Back in September, I think the unemployment rate was like three and a half percent. Now it's over 20%. yeah. And so I I think a lot of people are in this conversation that you're talking about. I think we need to look first at doing it with your eyes open. It's not just, well, I don't really have work to do. So I think I'm going to go find a couple, two, three, five side hustles. Even if it's right now, because you have nothing else going on and you're sick of crocheting and hanging out with your dogs (laughs) and kids. (laughs) I think you still need to look with your eyes open. I will tell you that at every doorstep, There is somebody with an opportunity that's going to tell you it'll save your life. It'll save your finances. It'll save your family. In fact, the Federal Trade Commission is on the lookout for businesses that are promoting that quote unquote plan B because so many companies are trying to take advantage of people in the exact situation that you're talking about. So I think that the biggest piece is having your eyes open, doing your research, really evaluating opportunities. And that's the first piece. The Mm -hmm. second thing is know what you're doing it for. You want to have really clear goals in mind. Yes. Maybe you're doing it as a pivot, as a reaction, as a need to get some money flowing in your household. And I totally get that, but taking a pause and looking at why are we doing this? What is the goal? Are we looking to supplement our income to create a net so if anything like this ever happens again, I'm not just relying on my paycheck, or are we really looking to transition to full entrepreneur? And I think knowing your goals going ahead, you'll be able to have a clearer picture. It's kind of like how we buy cars because of an emotional reaction, but really we should be purchasing them because they're safe and they're gonna last a long time and right. you know they're gonna hold their value. So we tend to make emotional decisions um, and we back them up with evidence. And I'm just going to say that right now more than ever, because emotions are so high, because we're in such uncertain times, it's so important to get grounded in the goals. And really look to create teams and teamwork whenever you can, whether it's your family, your best friend. I, there are so many people offering free um networking and get to know you and cups of coffee and you know mind shifting opportunities on zoom right now right lots of coaches and yoga instructors and people just looking to stay connected with their audience there's so much to plug into that can really help you create a, a bit of a mastermind team for yourself so that you're not going into any of this alone right. it's good to have third-party perspective important Mm-hmm. All
1: right. That, that was great advice. Again, guys, you see, I, my guests are always sharing. So it is evaluate opportunities, know your why, know your goals, and create teams, whether it is paid teams or supportive teams. You, you can't do this alone. Absolutely. Awesome. Trista, what do you wish you had known about entrepreneurship when you started
2: out? All the stuff I just said. <laughs> Seriously. Back to the forge. should I yeah. say it again? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, I really went into, the, even though it wasn't uh, during a pandemic or even anything as dramatic as that, I was really just looking to take control of my own schedule, my own life, my own future, my own financial mm. state. But I did a lot of the things I just advised, the opposite. Right. Because I went, didn't have anybody. head in. Yeah, I went head in. I, I have this theory that, um, you know, ready, fire, aim. You know, the ready, aim, fire. Yeah. I was like a ready, aim, 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 <laughs> aim. Take another class, read another book, watch another video, <laughs> ask another person for advice. So scared to pull the trigger. Right. So I sort of became this ready, fire, aim person as a result of a, developing myself to be more in action. But that means that I end up going in, making a mess, and I'll clean it up later, you know? yeah. <laughs> which and I would never stop sometimes doing. Sometimes that's what you
1: have to do in order to get started. Because if we, we sit around waiting for that perfect, you know, I, I, I love the family or the, well, the guy who says, well, I don't want to propose or get married until I have the right amount of money. <laughs> mm, we can't afford to have kids yet <laughs> that 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 always gets me you're, you're never ready sometimes you just got to do it and allow
2: um, absolutely
1: because course
2: yeah so I love that philosophy of taking action and then you can always reset your course yeah but I will say if I had had clear goals if I had had a team of people around me I think I'll tell you one thing I would say is if you are going to jump into the entrepreneur pool, really consider investing in a coach. I know that that might seem like, but I'm trying to do it just because I don't have money coming in right now. A coach can shorten the process and avoid pitfalls and show you 10 miles down the road from where you are. They can give you the forest through the trees view so that you have less of a mess <laughs> to clean right. up and you get results more quickly. Right, absolutely agree. Here at The Sweet Spot, we're all about
1: supporting and helping people uh, shorten that process. Hmm. Uh, share with us and our, me and, our, and the listeners, your go-to resources. What, what are you reading? What are you watching podcast-wise? T- any TV shows that inspire you?
2: I listen to a lot of books, mostly because I'm in the car a lot. Mm -hmm. And so rather than listen to the radio or the news, I like to listen to books and you can share your account with a couple people. So I share mine with my mom and she's always saying, why can't you just listen to some novels once in a while? (laughs) I'm like, listen to a couple of my titles. It'll level you up. I promise. (laughs) I would have to say that, um, My favorites really are people who have a story to tell because of their own pitfalls and failures. Um, One of the ones that really made a huge difference for me, and this isn't entrepreneurial, this is actually, it was a a real turnaround for me health-wise, a guy named Rich Roll, he wrote Finding Ultra. And that was amazing. It was about mindset and taking yourself when you feel like all is lost, You can really turn it around. Now it's a story of him becoming an ultra athlete, but what he did to shift his mindset was so inspiring. It allowed me to feel like it was possible for me to shift my own. Right. Yeah. I will also tell you there's another book that I never really hear anybody offer for yourself, but it really helped me with working with other people. You've heard of the five love languages, right? Yes. So this is actually the five love languages of children. And it's written by the same guy and he has somebody else who does it with him named uh, Gary Chapman and uh, Ross Campbell. What I love about this book is it gave me insight into how to identify the love languages of adults because I started to do this very informal survey. I I feel like I want to call Gary and ask him if I can write my second book about this. (laughs) If you ask a person so can I, I'll, I'll practice on you, Marsha. Sure. So Marsha, when you were a kid, how did you know for sure that your parents loved you? Like what evidence or your caregivers, whoever raised you, what evidence did you have that you were loved when you were a kid?
1: Oh, that goes so deep. Mm-hmm. Me, because it goes, it, it, I could take that into many layers, but I would say truly external factors. Yeah. And, and not like having a place to live and having clothes or, you know, just really superficial things, I think, for me personally.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's interesting the way you answered that, because some people, what they say is they never missed my sporting events. They attended every one of my school functions. Right, right. And then other people would say they always told me they loved me. That's how I knew my parents loved me. right. So all those different answers kind of give me an insight into your love language. So for you, I would need to talk to you a little bit more deeply, but for you, it could be acts of service or it could be gifts. I would say they always had clothes for me. They always had food for me. They always had a place I could live. That could be like an act of service, like making sure you're taken care of and, and contributing to you mm-hmm. in action. Right. Right so your love language might be acts of service
1: That's so you got to make me go in a therapy session and lay down <laughs> right now because I'm going to say that I love that what we're what you're saying cuz that makes sense for me with who I am and my philanthropy and one of my early earlier uh businesses was a nonprofit and that was my love language to to the world and and thinking thankful for the things that I have, so I gave back with food mm-hmm. <laughs> and the homeless. So that's so fascinating, Trista. But Isn't that good? A whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we can get really into that one. Wow.
2: Yes, we can revisit that on the relationship podcast episode.
1: <laughs> yes, do that. We're going to do that. So it's Finding Ultra from Rich Roll and Five Love Languages of Children.
2: By Gary Chapman and Ross Campbell okay and I'll tell you I'll just add you know the reason I think I wanted to include the rich roll book is because as an entrepreneur you are the one it's all you baby And so you got to be healthy strong and ready to show up powerfully in every moment yeah so you got to have your well-being handled
1: absolutely yeah Right, Trista, we have to take a quick break. You're
0: listening to the Her Sweet Spot Experience.
1: Welcome back, guys. It's been a pleasure talking with today's special guest, Trista. I, Trista, it's been so awesome talking to you and having you on today as my guest. I want to have some fun with you now although I think we've been having a lot of fun this so far but I want to have some fun with you and talk to you a little bit more in a segment I call in the news. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. (laughs) Let's go. So in today's In the News segment, I'm going to be reading eight tips to build customer relationships with social media, according to an article I found online on SproutSocial.com. And I want to say, we're only going to highlight the top three, and you guys get to go uh, to SproutSocial.com And find the article to get the remaining uh, eight. And I want to say, we're going to read the top four. And I want to say, I think these really transcend beyond uh, social media and building customer relationships. So number one of the eight tips to build customer relationships with social media, according to sproutsocial.com, is listen before you talk. The article says, building customer relationships is all about delivering value to your followers. If you can provide helpful, informative, or even entertaining content, people will want to connect with you. Unfortunately, there are still many brands out there that take the what's in it for me approach to social. If you're ready to flip the script, Start by listening to your audience. What do you say, Yay. Trista?
2: I agree, absolutely. You know, I think that we do use social media a lot as a branding and marketing opportunity, but we want to see that the business isn't just a building with stuff on the shelves, it's people. Right. And the more we can show up as human beings, which is exactly what you're talking about, build relationships engage inform be real be a person
1: right okay number two of the eight top eight tips to build customer relationships with social media according to sproutsocial.com is respond quickly listening is just the first piece of the puzzle you also need to respond to what you hear According to The Social Habit, 32% of customers expect a response within 30 minutes online. Fail to address their concerns fast enough, and you could see your customers' anger spread across social media. What do you think about that? I don't know how I feel.
2: Well, you know it's funny because if you go to Facebook on your own business page, it's almost like they've done gamification to the time. Yeah. They're like your average response time is two hours. If you get it you know smaller, you'll get more pe- you know like they're trying to get you to respond quicker. So definitely social media engagement um, professionals like Facebook Instagram, they would agree with that. Here's what I would say though, because I really believe, that it's better for the business owner themselves, the person who's interacting with the customers Mm -hmm. to be the one on social media as opposed to like a social media manager. Okay. I actually do help manage some social media for my clients, but I always try to make it um, very personal And I'm more of a supplement than I am the whole thing, because I think it's really important that it be them, their voice, their message. Even if I do posts, they're the ones that react and respond and engage. Right. So I would say I would choose business owner engagement over quick response time. So therefore hire somebody to respond on your behalf. I agree. I, I do have someone who
1: supports me with social media, but- Whenever she knows it's in a tone that requires my, and I've instructed her to, for for my personal um, response, uh, she she gives me a nudge and she lets me know that there is something out there for you to respond to. So I I completely agree with you. Number three, in the top, well, in the top eight tips to build customer relationships with social media, according to SproutSocial.com is personalized conversations, which goes hand in hand with what we just said. Importantly, while responding quickly is essential, a standard automated message may not be enough. Bots can help show your customers that you care about their problem, but only if you can follow up with human correspondence soon after. Trista, what do you think? I hate bots. I hate bots. I hate bots. I just set mine up though. I said I just set up my autoresponder on Facebook, and it's just like one or two questions, and then the, the final question is, "Okay, I'm calling you. What? Well, give me your
2: number so we can talk." Yeah, I think that's okay. I think that being able to create systems and structures that will help you to manage things a little easier, because there are so many things to manage these days. Right. I mean, I used to only have to deal with the phone and email. Now I have clients who will only contact me through Facebook Messenger. I have other people that will only use Viber. And if I don't respond via Viber, they don't want to talk to me. It's amazing how many ways in which I have to be plugged in. So automation, absolutely. But that, like you're saying, that first one or two, But you've got to get in that conversation. You've got to engage and connect. Just like we were talking about, they want to be talking to a person. Business is with people, not companies. Absolutely. All right. Number four,
1: from the top eight things to build customer relationships with social media, according to SproutSocial.com is show your human side. Don't reserve your unique personality from when you're talking one-on-one with customers. Social media is a place where people can showcase their style and tone of voice. Since human beings connect with other humans, not just faceless corporations, it's important to give your company a heartbeat. What do you think? Oh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm bad. I used to be bad at that. <laughs>
2: I have an anecdote to underline that message. One of my clients, I know that she used to write articles about sailing. She's an avid sailor and she's a racer. Mm -hmm. And when she would write articles about her sailing experiences, they were very highly read and engaged and shared. So when I started supporting her with some of her social media work inside of her marketing strategy, she would really resist writing blogs. She's a very busy person. She's a CEO of a company. She doesn't have time to like sit down and spend a lot of time writing. That was something she did for fun. Right. now I'm, I'm, you know, asking her to do it for work and for, you know, something that is her business and she really resisted it. So I would start writing blog posts on her behalf to make sure we had the message going out there more often than she was doing. And I have to tell you that the response the reach, the engagement, when I would write it, right. it was so night and day. <laughs> when she's the one writing the blog, I won't write blogs for her anymore because <laughs> there's no point. Her when personality she writes blogs, timed, right? Yes. When she writes the blog in her conversational tone, the blogs on her website have the highest traffic besides the homepage. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just anecdotal evidence, but people want to hear from you. They don't need to hear what your marketing person thinks about your business's services and products and features and benefits.
1: Right. I, there was a time where I, like I said, I come from corporate America. I worked in investment services for many, many years. So there's a corporate stance that you take a professionalism and for, for the, for many years, I would be that person for my business on social media. And I would be like, "Hello, Trista, it's good to talk to you on today's broadcast would you please tell me about yourself and I wouldn't really project my personality and my my true friends would be like who is that yeah what what is wrong with
2: you (laughs) so it took me a while but can I just say I'm so glad that you are really you you have just the most wonderful juicy energy oh. and I am, when you started off the podcast, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be so much fun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for being your authentic self and bringing it forward. Thank I do want to make a caveat to something I said, you know, if a business owner doesn't feel that they're able, not that they can't write, but if they feel like the the blog post or the communication would be better serving their customer by having someone else do it for them, then I'm not discounting that. I'm not saying you shouldn't right. do that. And I don't want that to be the lesson left, Right. Um, but but it it's still needs to be in partnership with the business owner. Sure. I, th- I, I think rather than saying here, go write me four blog posts this month or four newsletters or whatever, it should be a collaboration. So the business owner's voice is there. And I think it's the job of the marketing department or person or, assistant or whomever's doing it for you that you really they get to know your voice so that they can project it as much as possible in whatever they write on your behalf
1: yeah i tell people if you're gonna get like someone to write for you it's important that you actually um edit the story in your voice let let someone write the shell for you be that um beginning ghostwriter, but you need to Definitely edit it and and use words and put it in a tone that speaks
2: to you. Absolutely agree. Yeah. That was, that's like, I I feel like I'm on a game show. (laughs) So much fun.
1: (laughs) We only gave the top four. So our listeners, you have to head on over to sproutsocial.com to find the remaining four because now's the time that we have to say goodbye. But Trista, before we leave, I do want you to share with us how we can get your very first
2: ebook and where we can find just all, all things Trista. Well, I am very good at search engine optimizing my name. <laughs> so <laughs> you can just search Trista Polo and lots and lots about me will come up. But my Uh, book is available at moreleadsbook.com and it's a free ebook I am really proud of it I love how it came out and I hope it adds a lot of value to everyone who reads it
1: I sure with today's conversation I know people are going to find value uh, with what you had to share in your ebook so I just want to thank you again for being our guest today it was such a pleasure talking to you And you guys know how I like to end each show
2: until (laughs) next
1: time. Remember when we empower each other, we all
0: rise. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week on the Her Sweet Spot experience. Make sure to visit our website, www.hersweetspot.com. That's her, S-U-I-T-E spot.com, where you can become a member of our growing community and get great content for your life and business. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We are your strategic partners to grow your business.